Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Start Somewhere for Marie Claire with me, Sarah Vaughan. And this week, I am so thrilled to be joined by the very amazing Mindy Shire, who is the CEO of Runway Dreams and Gamut Management. Welcome, Mindy. How are you today? Thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, it's such a pleasure. Now, I should say that um, Mindy's going to, obviously, we'll we'll start somewhere with with Mindy's story, but I actually met Mindy through a friend of mine, Laurie, who was um, in one of your catwalk shows very recently. I'm so delighted. And and I won't embarrass her by saying her last name, but (laughs) Laurie, thank you for putting us in touch. And thank you. So, as you know, we start this interview by by asking, how did you get started in life? Where did you grow up? You know, did you always have a passion for fashion or, 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 or was this something that came to you later in life? I was that little girl that dreamed of being a fashion designer. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do. Um, but I didn't have visions of just being a fashion designer. I wanted to be a global brand. I wanted to be the next Betsy Johnson. I, I wanted it to be big, big, big. And I really followed my dreams. I was became a fashion designer. I worked in the industry for over 20 years and absolutely loved it. And um, also got married and became a mom. And my middle child, Oliver, was born with a rare form of muscular dystrophy, which um, changed my life on, on many, many levels. Um, but... Every level is extraordinary and I'm grateful for it. And he truly single-handedly opened my eyes to the need for adaptive mainstream clothing. Um, and he really was the inspiration between the, the crossroads of my life. So, so explain a bit about the difficulty that you had actually like finding clothes you know, for him, well, basically anything for him, because I mean, let's face it, <laughs> you know, um, you know, companies are becoming more helpful in this space, but but to date, they haven't really had a great track record in, 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 in helping people. Exactly. So when um, Oliver became of school age, you know, many parents think about, you know, I hope they make friends or I hope it's a good teacher. We had to worry about what he was going to wear to be able to go to the bathroom on his own because he really struggled with being with doing zippers and buttons and fitting pants over his leg braces. So he wore sweatpants every day Mm -hmm. and that felt okay. He was, uh, you know, male and and was very, you know, happy with that until he wasn't. And when he was eight years old, he came home from school and said, Mom, I want to wear jeans. I don't understand why everybody else gets to wear jeans except for me. And it was such an aha moment, both personally and professionally, that I needed my eight-year-old to remind me of the power of clothing and how we show up as humans to the world and how we identify ourselves and that clothing has a direct correlation to our self-esteem and confidence. And Oliver really... um, it showed me that it matters to everybody. So basically that that very moment was um, kind of the, the tipping point in, in my life that I saw uh, an enormous problem that if Oliver was struggling with this, how in the world did the 1 billion people 
on this planet who have a disability, how did they manage clothing challenges? Yeah, so this and, is- and, and I think, you know, this is something I, I find really fascinating that there are so many people who are affected by disability that are kind of excluded from what we would regard as normal life. And I find that absolutely tragic. And, uh, and you know, the, they it are. Is. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, tragic, I think, is a, is a perfect word. Um, as, you know, I always like to kind of put this in, in the viewer, the listener's mind that please tomorrow when you go to get up and get dressed, think about if you cannot dress yourself because you cannot do a button or if you don't even have options in your closet to wear something appropriate for what you need that day. So if I showed up to this interview looking, wearing something that wasn't necessarily appropriate or didn't look well, that would affect our interview, what how people viewed me, et cetera. And it is an absolute critical part of, of our life is, is the aspect of clothing and dressing. And the fashion industry holds that key to changing people's lives while they live it. Yeah. And also what I was going to say, I find really shocking is that a lot of like adaptive things are wildly more expensive, you know, than, than, than kind of the regular standard. I, I mean, I find that travesty. I have to say like, you know, people looking at special shoes or, or stuff, it's, you know, cars, whatever, it's more expensive. And it doesn't necessarily look very good either. Yes. And that is absolutely something that um, I experienced when I first kind of got into the adaptive space or even educated myself on what adaptive was. I had no idea, never once in all of my history of being in the fashion industry, did I even hear the word adaptive clothing. And when I started to look into it, what I found was very medicinal, very purposeful, and certainly not something that I would ever dress my my child in. And that um, is really back in 2013-14 is really what started uh, my journey of working with the industry and mainstream brands to be able to have them understand that modifications can be made to mainstream clothing to make them more wearable for people with disabilities and that there are ways to do it so that it isn't significantly more expensive than the able-bodied version. Which is so cool. So you're talking a little bit about how you got started. So you're a mum with a mission. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're a very kind of passionate, extraordinarily energetic woman. So you, you, you know, how did you start? What did you do? Like call them up, write to them? I mean, what, what, what did you do? Well, I certainly had the benefit of um, being in the fashion industry. So I had a tremendous amount of contacts and I had the background of, you know, how to potentially make this happen. But I also knew that there was no way I could go to the industry without having hard data, facts. I needed to develop prototypes. So I actually took an entire year to do research because I only knew my world with Oliver. I didn't know that if somebody that had a limb difference or was a full-time wheelchair user or had Down syndrome, were there commonalities between clothing challenges and different disabilities? So thankfully, after that year of research, I was able to extrapolate out that there 
were commonalities between clothing challenges and different disabilities, so much so that I was able to develop modifications that could be implemented into mainstream clothing to make it more wearable. And so once I was ready with prototypes and and proven data and significant statistics about the size of the market. The well, I, I, I was the about market. to say, you know, how big is the size of this market? Because it's pretty significant, isn't it? Well, people with disabilities make up the largest minority in the world. And certainly one that we are all going to be a part of at some point in our life, whether that is just getting old. So that is something that is hard to argue with that why wouldn't we have product that we are all going to need? Every single one of us at right. one point or another in our life. And also, I think, you know, a, a significant piece of data was that an estimated $3 trillion is being left on the table every year by not including people with disabilities into the conversation. So I think presenting the the prototypes of the how-to and also the why of including this population, I think I, I created an argument that was <laughs> I was going to win. <laughs> yeah, I think you did too. And did you have brands biting your hand off at this point? Did the did, did you who, who came forward at this point? Well, in 2016, we partnered with Tommy Hilfiger and uh, made fashion history by developing the first ever mainstream adaptive clothing line, which has now transformed into Tommy Adaptive, which is available for kids and adults. Uh, We also now uh, work with Zappos.com on the Zappos Adaptive platform, Target and Kohl's and Strideright and Nike has been on our runways. So what I always like to focus on rather than the why haven't they done it? Why didn't the industry do it? I think it's so important to focus on that in a very short amount of time in the world of the fashion industry. The fact that I can name six mainstream brands that believe in uh, the adaptive space and are putting money and resources behind it is tremendous progress. And I feel very confident to say that I I believe in the next few years, we are going to see a significant change in, in brands having adaptive versions. Well, I think much of that is down to you and just your extraordinary mission and determination. I have to say it's quite, quite, quite startling. So tell us a bit about the Runway of of Dreams project and and, and what it does. Absolutely. So when I started um, back in 2014, the mission of Runway of Dreams was to educate and work with the fashion industry to have them be inclusive of people with disabilities. Where we have morphed to, which is so exciting, is that now we are are very focused on specific pillars uh, within the industry. The first one is raising awareness to the need for mainstream adaptive clothing. And we do that really through um, having adaptive runway shows on on, on a big level. We are a part of Fashion Week in New York. Um, Actually, in a couple of weeks, we're doing a show in Miami. Um, at a drive-in movie theater that we're super excited about (laughs) that we will have a global premiere on March 11th um, because it really does show um, who people with disabilities are and the fact that they're consumers too and the brands that are really involved. We also focus very much on the next generation of designers by Mm -hmm. doing scholarship programs 
for students that are focusing on adaptive and or students with disabilities that want to get involved in the industry. We also have uh, college club programs that uh, Lori was involved in um, that they themselves are also doing um, adaptive runway shows on their campuses. And the third uh, pillar that we focus on, which is really important, um, based especially on something that you just mentioned, is that we do wardrobe grants, that we grant money for families and individuals who are not able to afford new adaptive clothing, that we provide that for them because we believe everybody should have the opportunity to wear what they want to wear and have choice. But the amazing thing that happened during my time building Runway of Dreams is that another company was birthed by the name of Gamut Management, um, where we are... One project was not enough for this amazing one. definitely not enough. I I had availability from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m., so (laughs) I needed to fill it. Um, So Gamut Management is a talent management company exclusively for people with disabilities, And the reason that this came to be um, was that so many brands and even in other industries started reaching out to Runway Dreams to be connected to people with disabilities Mm -hmm. for everything from focus groups and surveys to testing product all the way up to being in the entertainment industry. And I quickly realized that if they were coming to a nonprofit for these asks, that must mean there's a, a hole in the market for true representation of this population. So Gamut Management was born in 2019 and now Runway of Dreams is the nonprofit partner of Gamut. Which is amazing. And 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 you know, does how how many people are on your roster with with, with Gamut? Tell us a little bit about of, about how that works. Well, I'm very excited to say that we're approaching 600 clients um, and they are from all around the world, all ages, all ethnicities, all different disabilities. And really, the reason why we call it a talent management company is because we feel everybody has a talent, whether that is having a voice in how products are developed for them, all the way up to being in Broadway and films and commercials, because rebranding who people with disabilities are in the public eye is equally as important as developing the product, because we really... We need to change the perspective and and the visual of of who people with disabilities are. I I agree, and I and I think you made such an important point earlier, which is at some stage it will happen to all of us, yes. through through aging or or, or, or disease or or whichever Absolutely. way. But but you know it's you know we're no different. You know this this is a problem we've all got to worry about, and this is why it's so very important. And you know even you know, just basic issues like tying shoelaces or, or Absolutely. I mean, shirts are a flipping nightmare. I mean, how did, how did, you know, I, I struggled tying up a shirt, quite frankly. Absolutely. And one of my favorite um, kind of tidbits to, to have people realize is that the button and the buttonhole was developed in the 13th century, the 13th century. And the fact that we can run our lives through this and we are still using technology that was developed in the 13th century is lunacy. So I, I, I find it extraordinary. And, I, and my understanding is it was developed for knights so that your valet or, or, or whoever could actually dress you and it was easy to button 
your 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 shirt dress on that side and then put your armor on. I mean, it's like hello, <laughs> hello, yeah. hello is exactly and, right. And I, I think we have a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, and women's were on the other side because of I, I don't know something to do with horse riding. I heard or something like it, the, the shirt wouldn't open so much if it was on that side. But I mean, it's like come on, surely, surely yeah. we can surely. do better. Than that. We can do better. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But it's so true. I'm still so shocked true. by that. It's just like, come on, guys. Um, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that we have we have such opportunity for marrying, uh, you know, innovation and passion. Now, I have to ask you, I mean, we'll go into top tips in, 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 in a minute. But you know, if somebody is interested in finding out about Gamut or potentially becoming talent with you, how 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 do they find out? What, what's your website address and how do they know? Gamut, G-A-M-U-T, management, all one word, dot com. And we welcome everybody and anybody to join. Our only requirement is that you have to have a disability. Um, again, we believe everybody has a talent, so we will find it together. And we would love everybody to come on this journey with us because the bigger we have our voice, the louder we are, the more that we're going to make, be able to make change happen. Here, here, I totally agree. And as you know, we always finish by asking, you know, what are your kind of top tips and pieces of, ad- of advice for those who are, who, are, who are tuning in? And I'm not going to limit you to one because this is such an important topic. So, so maybe good, to, you know, for um, you know, for you to share, share as many as you like, because I think everyone will be hanging on every word. I, I really have two important tips, I would say. The first one is, and 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 somebody had shared this with me, so I can't even necessarily take credit for it, but I live by it, and that is that there is really no such thing as failure. Failure is feedback. It is, it is telling you that the way that you are going about solving this problem or um, moving forward in your journey isn't working. So let's try a new way to get there. So I think the greatest, if we want to call it failure, that there is, is not trying. So I, I always encourage everybody to just give it a try. And if it's not working out, take that step back. And this leads into my second piece of advice is always focus on your goal. So my goal was to change the fashion industry to be inclusive of people with disabilities. That was it. That was my credo. But the way that I was going about it when I first started was that Runway of Dreams was a for-profit. I didn't know anything about nonprofits. It's it's not what I was ever um, <laughs> trained to do. And when I had many companies say to me, I love the idea good for you. Um, But if no mainstream brands have ever done this in 2014, by the time of 2014, that must mean that there's a reason and we're not willing to take a financial risk on this. When many companies said that to me, that's when I had to take the step back and say, okay, I have to find a different path to get to my goal. So getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, Understanding that there's many ways to uh, to reach your goal. And so when I took that step back and realized, well, everybody's telling me the same thing. They're not willing to take a financial risk. So what would happen if I took that risk slightly off the table and I became a nonprofit so that 
it felt like the right thing to do. And if I was absolutely dead wrong, then they would get a tax write-off. So it could be a win-win for everybody. So I decided to pivot and I became a nonprofit. I literally reached out to anybody that I knew in the nonprofit world and I begged them to educate me and teach me how to do this. I'm admittedly still learning every day, but it was the the best way that I was able to still reach my goal um, and have the industry understand that this was a business opportunity. And the way that I had to go about doing it is was not how I planned it, but it got me to where I need to go, where I needed to go and where I am today. Yeah, I love that, that kind of creativity on how to achieve your goal and that flexibility. And, and yeah, I, I so agree. I mean, you know, having a very rigid, it's going to happen this way in this time has never worked for me. <laughs> and certainly not in this atmosphere. We all, I mean, like the, the, the key word of 2020 and 2021 is to pivot. So it's, it's a credo. It really is that we have to be open to different pathways, different opportunities, and just stay true to what you hope to accomplish. For sure. And I have to ask, what is, what is Oliver up to now, having inspired all this amazing stuff? Well, it's hard to believe that uh, Oliver, uh, again, he was eight when I started this. He's now 16 wow. and is a true, true teenager. Um, and he is he, it, the greatest gift that I could have given him and my whole family, to be honest, um, is the gift of being a part of such an incredible population and community that he doesn't feel alone. And he feels that, you know, there are, are people out there that have challenges like he does and some are worse, some are better, but we're all in this together. And that is in a situation that I can do nothing about with his disease. This really absolutely helps us all manage through it. Oh, that's beautiful. Mindy, I mean, like, what an inspiration you are. I mean, thank you for everything that you're doing, you know, because I mean, you know, even when I've talked to Laurie, she's like, you know, you know, I just felt like I was, I was resigned to living in yoga pants my whole life, you know, so bless you. I mean, really, you know, the stuff you're doing is, is completely life-changing and very beautiful. Thank and, you. Uh, and I'm, thank you so much for having me on the show. This helps just tremendously. I hope that people have a little bit of an aha moment to think about how important clothing is to who you are as a person. And I am just, I feel very lucky that I got to peripherally be a part of Lori's experience um, in this and, and hopefully, you know, guide her, guide the population and the world in, in being able to understand the importance of clothing. Thank you. And if somebody wants to find out more about Runway of Dreams or even offer themselves up as a catwalk model or, or take it even you know, further internationally, what, where, do they do? where do they go? So for Runway of Dreams, they can go to info or they can just go to our website and, and navigate through that, which is runwayofdreams.org. Um, and if you're interested in becoming a model or any talent, you can go to Gamut Management dot com um, and go through the registration process it is completely free we just want to have you part of a part of the gamut with us oh beautiful mindy thank you thank you thank you thank you